building a world-class sales team is one of the toughest things I've had to go through as a sales leader in my career in culture building specifically and getting people to work together to help each other. And that culture piece oftentimes can, you know, make up for skill gaps on teams as well. And that's what we're going to talk about today. I'm super excited for you to listen to our guest, Alex Kramer, who is director of sales at Catalyst. And this episode's all about building a world-class sales team. But before we get to that, my name is Jason Bay. You're listening to Outbound Squad. Super excited that you're here. This podcast is all about turning, helping you turn complete strangers into paying customers. So whether you're an account executive, BDR, or in this case, leading those folks, you're definitely in the right place. So Alex and I dig into a couple things. Uh, the dude's just got a lot of great stories and experience. He was uh, there at Outreach in the early days, worked under Mark uh, Kosoglau, who is now the CRO of Catalyst, where Alex is at now. And we talked about a lot of stuff, how to do the job before you get the title. So if you're an account executive or SDR, what you need to do in order to get the promotion, how to create an environment where your team feels like they're a part of something bigger. And specifically what we talked about there that's really interesting to me is how do you create peer pressure on your team so that you don't have to micromanage and be the bossy boss or the hard ass that, that's always coming down at people. How do you get people to, through peer pressure, push each other on the team? How to create community meaning on your team? And one of the things he talked about that I thought was really important was it starts with leading yourself. So we talked about that. He's got a framework that he's going to share too around how to run effective team meetings and the three team meetings that he suggests that every sales uh, manager or frontline leader runs. And this is a really good episode. So without further ado, let's get to the interview here with Alex. So I was just doing some, you know, perusing on yet on LinkedIn. <laughs> yeah, we got to know each other a oh, little God. bit over the last uh, <laughs> last couple of months. But one of the things I always love talking to sales leaders about is uh, like your first role. Like, do you remember what your first couple of days on the job were? Like you were an SDR, I think I saw at DocuSign, right? Um, I was a sales intern me... SDR at DocuSign. <laughs> yeah. So bring, bring me back to like your first couple of days. Where, where, where's your head at? What are you thinking? Did you get into sales on purpose? Are you excited? Are you scared shitless? Like what's uh, what's going on? So what's really interesting, so I had six internships throughout college. Okay. And my first one was uh, right after, or the end of my freshman year of college, I worked at a company called Campus Point and I was the sales and marketing mm -hmm. intern. And yep. I used to have to welcome people into the office. It was like a recruiting thing that we like bring people and recruit. Welcome them into the office, give them a name tag. And then I used to have to call people uh, and email people to remind them of their meeting that they were having come up. And then the biggest thing, the thing that I was most scared of is uh, when we'd, ha we'd have to introduce them to like the, the main people. So I'd have to speak in front of like 15 people at one time and introduce them to somebody. And that was terrifying. Yeah. And Were you shy? Were you shy as a kid? I, no, I'm not a shy person, <laughs> to be yeah. honest with you. I think what I was... It's I I grew up. Both my parents were speakers, so I, I grew up watching them, yeah. them them speaking. So I always knew I wanted to do it, but just because I knew I wanted to do it, doesn't mean I wasn't terrified of it. <laughs> I, I yeah. loved getting myself, whether it's speaking in front of those people or team projects. Even though I was 
scared shitless and my legs were literally like usually quivering and my voice was just like so unsure. I loved the rush of like the butterflies of like, man, if I can, like I was almost like enrolled into the vision, like, man, if I can become a really great speaker, that becomes like a massive asset of like part of me and just my ability to lead and influence and whatever I was going to do. And so I, I did, I just, I knew I wanted to, but I was terrified. So I just continuously put myself in positions and positions and positions to do that. But uh, yeah, I didn't know what I was doing my first job. I, you know, still this day, I don't know if I know what I'm doing fully. So what was the journey like from rep to leader? Because for me, it was, I did really good as a, you know, my first sales job was selling house painting door to door. You know, I, I killed it. I made like $30,000 over the summer. Now, when I had to become a sales manager and teach other people how to do I sucked at that. That was like major skill gap for me. And I'm curious, what was the, what was the journey like for you, rep? And if you could take us back, did you, like, when did you know that you wanted to become a leader? And what was that kind of process and thinking like? I, I always knew I wanted to be a leader. It, it was just, I always wanted to manage people. Like even, you know, in, in college, in my fraternity, I was a leader in my fraternity in in. I was a president of the Husky Sales Club at the University of Washington. You know, it's my claim to fame. Oh, uh, you went to UW? I went nice. to UW. Go dogs. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I, I, I remember right when uh, I graduated college, I started a softball team. And I loved being the coach of the softball team. Even though it was all my friends playing, I loved setting the lineup and giving a fist bump and shooting out like the, yeah. hey, game time's in. Let's bring it again. Like, I love that, the coaching aspect of having a team together. Um, and, but I also knew that in order for me to be an effective sales leader, I really needed to be a great sales professional, right? I wanted to truly learn the art and the craft so that then I would be able to effectively teach it. So I cut my chops at Microsoft for four, almost five years. And then I went to outreach. Uh, and for, for one year, I was an AE. And I remember my very first day, um, I went up to Mark Costco, who's my now boss, and Manny Medina, the CEO. My very first day, I was like, hey, I just want you to know, like, I'm, I'm here to become a leader. <laughs> and like, and it was kind of like looking back now, like, I, I can totally see them. They're like, both like, yeah, okay, make sure you sell something, though. <laughs> you know, we hired you to yeah. sell some deals. Like, okay, uh, bud. I, yeah, <laughs> I was right. like, I, I'm going to do that, and I'm going to learn how to do it well, but I just want you to know. And it was kind of, you know, I didn't know it at the time, but it was, it was just, I, I felt the call. And we were, I think I was employed like 150 to 200 or so. So I knew that if this company grew, there would be opportunities for me. Yeah. How old were you at that time? When I joined Outreach, uh, it was 2018. And so that's five years ago. So I was about 26, 27. Yeah. Yeah. So you're like this 26, 27 year old kid. Yeah. Going up to the CEO of the company. This is around the time that Outreach was really starting to blow up. It was, time, it was right? right before. Um, I was like the wave of like, Hey, we're figuring this thing out. And, but it was hard to me because I was selling Microsoft enterprise agreements, you know, for office 65 for windows server, like all this stuff. I was, you know, my biggest contract ever, you know, sold and renewed was a $30 million contract. Like I was, I was like, I thought I was this this awesome. I know what software sales is, but you know, I got an app, microsoft.com email address. So you can usually get a meeting (laughs) anywhere you want to because you're Microsoft. (laughs) Yeah, and, and so I went to outreach, you know, not really knowing what outreach was. Outreach wasn't that big on a map, but like learning how to sell a sales engagement platform 
to sales leaders, it was a very meta world. And like yeah. it wasn't fully proven. And and still to this day, it's a it's a big compete against sales loft. But especially back in those days, it was like sales loft outreach, sales loft outreach. Like it was very like who was gonna win it. And I fell in love with with the craft at that point. I was like, yeah. man, it's fun learning how to sling, learning how to do effective discovery, learning how to give a great demo and get multiple people involved, you know, learning, you know, just, just how to get multi, like all of it. I, I loved it. And learning the talk tracks and how a negotiation negotiation framework that that ensures you get their commitment on when someone brings up a competitor, what's the framework for how to respond? Like I loved just the trade of it. Yeah. Um, Where do you think that comes from? I I think I'm just I'm super hungry to learn. I've always been this way. It's very interesting. Yeah. Like like I would always like even when I was a kid, uh, and my parents, you know, would, would throw you know, go and speak at these conferences, I'd always bring from like sixth grade, I always bring my journal and my pen. And I was just like ready to like take notes with all the speakers. Oh, wow. You know, and like, you know, whether it was different, you know, things in school, sports, art, I just I have a curiosity. I'm like, let me study this. And let me let me start to under it, understand it. And truly, I mean, what I've now discovered about myself is one of the best ways that I can actually understand it myself is when I teach it yeah. like, like truly, like I will say after that first year of, of being at outreach and then moving into the uh, sales leader role, I, I had been coaching three SDRs because I wanted to be like, how do you coach? Like, I don't, <laughs> what does this mean? So I actually proactively went up to three SDRs and I say, Hey, I think, would you mind me being your mentor? <laughs> um, and it, and it was great. And I, I learned a ton of just like, they would ask me questions. I'm like, damn, I have to figure out how to do this. And I, and, I still remember teaching a guy named Devin how to do the initial meeting and the talk track. And he got done and we got done and, and, and he's like, Alex, you know, I didn't realize how much psychology is actually built into the initial meeting deck. And I was like, you know, Devin, like I didn't either until I just explained it to you. <laughs> and I was like, damn, you're right. <laughs> like, there is. And, and it just made me be able to be so much more effective to do it. Like I remember after a year of being a manager, uh, I've been teaching so many people how to do the damn outreach demo and the flow on the talk track. Yeah. That I remember a rep had to go on vacation. She's like, hey, could you fill in for a demo for me? I freaking crushed that demo. Like, it was awesome. Like it felt like so good because I had been teaching it and understanding the why and the framework. And it was, it was so fun. So I, I loved, yeah, the study of, of the game and teaching it to people. That's such a good pro tip is do the job before you get the title. That's what every leader is looking for. And me as a business owner, it's what I look for in my employees too is, and we just have great people on our team. And it's like, do the thing before, like proactively. Show that you can do the things before you get the promotion. I think that's really big for any account executive listening or, or SDR really for that matter that wants to get into a leadership position is ask, get good at your job first so that people actually would want you as a mentor <laughs> and then go find some people to teach. I, I love that. The reason I asked you about the craft and the learning piece and where that comes from is that I... 100% relate to you and that I just I don't remember a time not being like that and what I wonder is 
with reps that you've worked with in your experience, is that something that is kind of an innate thing that you just need to look for when you're hiring people? Or do you feel like some of that can be taught, maybe it's not the right word, or an environment maybe can be created where people are hungry? Because I work with teams sometimes and it's refreshing where 80% of the team is like, yeah, follow your stuff on LinkedIn. I, you know, I've read that book, whatever. And then some other teams, it's like, they've never even read a sales book before. So what do you think? You, you know, it's really about, by the way, can you hear it? What kind of dog, what kind of, you got to tell us what kind of dog you have. There's, there's some dogs yapping in my room right now. I got to let them out one second. <laughs> All right, we're back, baby. So here's my thoughts on on how do you actually get people super excited to be selling and be investing in the craft? Because it is like, I, that's, a, that's a phenomenal question. And it's something that I've felt more other times than others. You know, sometimes yeah. I'm like, man, everybody's in it. Everybody's learning. Everybody's showing up to the team calls, wanting to like give feedback or submit a call or people are, you know, taking you know, being proactive and saying, Hey, I want to do this. And it's just like, it's so freaking infectious. Yeah. Like when you do, when, when, when people are doing it, and here's truly what I think is, is the secret sauce there. Nobody, that's not true. Most people who are in tech sales don't want to simply be an individual contributor on a team of people that just happen to be reporting to the same manager. Yeah. Nobody wants that, right? People want to be part of something bigger. You want to feel community. And people want meaning. If you have those two things, you're, you're feeling good, community and meaning. And when you have a group of shared people that are wanting to serve something more, there's a standard that they ex they have like that's what a great community is like there's a certain standard there's a level of accountability like sure when somebody's struggling they absolutely have each other's backs but more importantly like there's like hey if you want to be part of this crew step up and also if you aren't like i'm gonna hold you accountable and when that type of culture is created on a team like if so like i still remember uh we were doing this ae prospecting uh spiff it was like, hey, if we yeah. build this much pipeline in like Q2 or Q3, so before going to Q4, it's like this much, we're all going to be able to get like this. We got like some sort of cool, like little like event sort of thing. Uh, it was a boat cruise. We, we were like, we were really going like a small boat cruise. Yeah. And every single week when I'd show, hey, how we're looking at it, like there would be multiple AEs be like, yo, guys, I want this damn boat cruise and I want us to all be there together. Like yeah. everybody hit your damn numbers. Like not saying <laughs> it like another rep. Yeah. And I was like, let's go. That's what I'm talking about. Like, and it was just having those healthy, fun, competitive environments so great. But I think it's like beyond just community though, it's like there needs to be a shared vision, a shared goal. What do we actually all want to do? Like I'll give an example. At Outreach in 2018, we were all so sold on the fact that we're literally changing the game of sales. We are helping more companies get, 
close revenue and more people hit quota what lives a happier and healthier lifestyle and we were sexy and like just just the feeling of like man this is meaningful what we're doing like that that combined with the being on a crew together like it just created this environment that was like oh so good so good yeah i have so many questions for that because this is the thing that i even witnessed this in college where the company that i worked for you know there was i think we we're in 35 40 states or whatever so there's like house painting businesses all across the united states and there would always be like teams that so selling a hundred thousand dollars of paint jobs in a summer was like a big deal that's like 2x your your quota right but there'd be people that sell 250. there would be teams that would do over a mill right and this is something that those people i remember specifically would always talk about one of the things that I kind of gather from this is when you have a team and there's peer pressure where people are holding themselves accountable and pushing each other, it's so much more powerful than you having to do it. But you have to sort of create the environment for that, right? So if you could put yourself in the shoes of someone that's maybe not working in outreach or has like a, a CRO like Mark, let's say, <laughs> where the vision is not like they work for leaders, if we're being honest, they are not very good at selling the vision. Yep. It's just like show up, do your job, that sort of thing. If I'm a frontline sales manager, let's say, where's maybe a good place to start with like the common goal? What can I rally the team around? Well, I'll answer that question, but the, the even before any of that, it's, it's, it's classic, but I'll give some context to it. You got to lead yourself. Yeah. And here's the thing, like, as a leader, especially if you want to be the type of leader that's impactful, that can rally, that can inspire, that can coach, that can bring people together. I still remember it was like a year and a half or so ago, I was really in like, just like we were in the thick of Q4, deals were getting like tight. And I was stressed and I was anxious. And I was looking around at my team on team meetings on, on the floor. And I was like, man, why is everybody so stressed and anxious? Because <laughs> <laughs> sales like sucks the life out of you, dude. <laughs> well, that's definitely true too. But like, because it was because it was me. I was the one who was stressed and anxious. And as the yeah, leader of the team, I come from a certain vibration, a certain transmission that other people pick up, right? It comes yeah. through in team calls and pipeline one-on-ones and text messages and slacks and emails, all that stuff. Like whether or not you see it, like you can feel it through just the energy and essence from which we are coming from. And for those leaders, and again, I'm not, I'm not going to even say I'm perfect at this because I'm having to constantly re-enroll myself and like, why am I here? Yeah. Why am I at this company? Why am I choosing to sell this product? How is this actually attached to like what I am wanting to be and and enter into? Because if I'm not enrolled and stoked to be there, how the hell am I supposed to expect anybody else to do that? It's completely out yeah. of integrity. Yeah. You know, it's just not going to work. And so that's that's the first thing. Can we first lead ourselves like and truly lead ourselves? It's it's even like I'll compare it to you know, I, I run retreats, right? I run retreats for sales professionals who who want to work on the inner game. And I love it. But the thing is, like, B2B 
before I even feel like I'm deserving of facilitating a retreat or speaking in front of people about how to master the craft while really working on the inner game, I have to do it first. You know, so I'm going to multiple retreats every quarter. It's something I do. Like I'm investing into a coach myself, multiple coaches. I'm reading, like if I'm doing it, then I can welcome and ask other people to do it. But if you're not, yeah. No, I love that. There was a saying my old boss had at Spencer. It was half-ass, quarter-ass. And it was this concept that when reps watch you, they're going to do about half of what you do. So if you do something half-ass and don't show up, they're going to do half of that quarter-ass, <laughs> right? And what you said is so true, though, just managing yourself and getting your shit together. Because the best leadership is by example. I mean, that's that's like if there's one fundamental thing that you could really break it down to is like people are really going to emulate and copy what you do. So how do you, like, do you show up? And with the thing to kind of bring that point full circle around like learning and the craft and all that kind of stuff, if you're the sales leader that is trying to get your team more interested in the craft, but you don't consume content and you're not working on your craft, I mean, it's kind of obvious what your team is going to do. It's kind of like when you get older and you realize your parents had all of these rules that they didn't live by. And that was why you didn't really follow them because they didn't really live it. <laughs> you know well, I mean? well, they broke all the rules. I don't know what it was. I had to adhere to them, but they broke all of them. <laughs> I know. Um, okay, so... Let's talk about that shared goal next then. So I need to lead myself. What are some ways that someone could start thinking about common goal? Because where my head goes to and where other people might be thinking is, well, we have a revenue goal that I've shared with a team. This is our team's revenue goal. And I don't even know oftentimes what people choose to share because there's the revenue goal. And then there's also you know, what you're told that your team needs to produce and then what you tell the team they need to produce. Yeah. Those are two usually different numbers. You usually don't give them the minimum number that you're being told by your VP that you need to produce. Yeah. You usually like multiply that by two, <laughs> right? Um, but what is, the, what is the shared goal? Like, do you maybe have an example or how can someone maybe think about yeah. how do I get the team bought into a bigger purpose than just showing up and making our calls and running our demos and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. The first thing I would say is just by merely talking about what your vision is as a team, you're better than a majority of sales managers out there. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, sure there, there, there's formulas, there's ways to lead and facilitate power, just powerful discussion. And, and I can kind of go into a couple of examples here, but if you merely say, Hey y'all, I want to share like why I'm here and you know, I would love maybe if you guys each just share like why you're here too. Like let's and then let's talk about our numbers. If you do that, like holy cow. Yeah. You just changed like a different conversation right there. Yeah. But in order for people to be figuring out and like actually figuring out how are they part of the team goal, they first need to kind of relax and be able to be in a vulnerable, authentic, honest space. And it's really like to create a powerful team meeting or in person, whether it be via Zoom or anything, it's like there needs to be like a, like a dude, relax here. Yeah. Let's, let's maybe not be so mental on this call and let's like drop a little bit, you know, into our bodies and let's just like talk, you know, I don't, everybody won't talk like that. That's definitely how I talk, but it's like, 
let's just like have a good conversation. And, and, you know, one of the, the things I always have people do is I'll usually set a frame for something like, Hey guys, like, you know, the importance of, of having a vision is to enroll yourself and, and to have the standard, the standard that we hold each other accountable to. Like I'll set a powerful frame. Right. And then I'll say, cool. So here's a journal prompt for you. Why are you here? Or maybe I'll say, write about the best team you were ever part of. That's a great one that I've done before. What's the best team you were part of? It could be club, could be sports, could be sales team, whatever it might be. Write about it. And what were what were the aspects of that team that you loved? Right. And so they journal about it. And I'll usually play a little cool music in the background. And then I'll, I'll if it's on Zoom, I'll put them then into breakout rooms one on one. And I'll have them each share one on one what that team was. And then I'll have them come back in the large group and I'll have a couple of shares. And so I've actually had them just write it down or talk about it three times. Journaled it, shared it one on one, and then shared it in a larger group. By that point, you've actually started to articulate it and sharpen it just a little bit more. Right. And it's like you're going from like, can I do this myself? And then one other person, then everybody else is like, you get, you feel safer as you go. Um, another, you know, thing that I've done is it's called the four H's. Actually, the, the um, Cleveland Browns did this before they had a great season is they talked about uh, on a journal, who is your hero? What's a heartbreak you've been through? Um, what is your history? And the third H was, I can't remember. <laughs> H was, I can't remember. But it, it's just like a way to like break down, like talk about yourself here. How yeah. often do we actually create the space for, for each other to talk about stuff and just to get to know stuff? And just through simple, simply the honest dialect, the conversation, people start to get to know each other and say like, oh, I love that too. You know, my dad was my biggest hero too. Yeah, I definitely like, I feel that. And you start to yeah. just like create this thing where people like each other. And then you'll start to figure out how to create that shared vision once you start to understand it and, and you can go through exercises there. Okay, so if we keep moving, a couple, couple of things. I think there's a couple specific situations that managers tend to run into. So you're doing the culture building, you're getting the team to, to you know get to know each other. We're trying to create common vision. We're trying to show people that you have a lot in common with your teammates to see them as human beings versus like a rep on their team. How do you deal with, there's always going to be reps on the team or a rep that is not on board with this. That's kind of a, a bit of a Debbie Downer in this area. How do you deal with people that are not team players? and don't want to participate in these kind of stuff. They're there, but they're not really participating. You know, one of the things that I've always tried to inspire the people who I manage and lead is to remind them that they're a leader as well. And, you know, you can be a leader with or without the title, but even if they're new, on the sales team, I want to hear their voice on the sales call on our team calls. And even it's like, yeah. Hey guys, I just like started to understand this. Even if it's the most basic thing, sometimes the other reps, like who are even seasoned, just like, Oh yeah. Like that's a, that's just a foundational piece that I just need to remember to get to simplicity. And it's like, if we can enroll people into the fact that they're a leader, the goal is to try to have them take more ownership of, 
being part of the team. Like I, I, one of the things I always tell my, my reps, I'm like, I'm willing to be led by you. Like, this is dynamic ass leadership here. Like, you know, stuff a hell of a lot better than I do. Like, there's this one SDR on my team. He's two xing his quota every single quarter. And I'm like, yo, Eli, like teach me all the things, you know, man, like I'm going to have team meetings and I need you to like share because I don't, you're better at this than me, <laughs> you know? And it's just like, hopefully that not just, you know, inspires them, but hopefully it like kind of lights a fire under their ass of like, do you want to be here? And, and it's just like, Hey, this is, I think as the leader, it's our job to set the standard. Like, Hey, this is how people on this team show up. And everybody yeah. has their own unique flavor and way to do that. You don't need to be the rah-rah person. You don't need to be the, um, you know, you know, whatever it might be. But I, I need you to at least be in the boat with us. You know, yeah. I want your voice to be heard because the boat's a hell of a lot better and moving a hell of a lot faster when you're in it. So please, yeah. set the hell up. It, <laughs> yeah. With love. And this is, this is, I'm assuming you have a one-on-one -on -one conversation with this person. You're very explicit about this. So people that you do see issues with, it's like, let's not dance around the subject. Like let's actually have a one-on-one -on -one and talk about this. Yeah. I, I sometimes like the direct conversations. I haven't always, I still, I, I mean, yeah. I'll, I'll raise my hand. I shy away from direct conversations at times just because. Oh, they're, a, they're so hard. It's a it's practice. Stressful. And you yeah. just stress out about it the entire day, the leading up to it. And, and then if it doesn't go well, you feel really shitty about it afterwards. And yeah, it sucks. Here's, here's one thing that one of my old bosses told me though. He's like, if you're working on a sales deal and you're hearing yeses and you're hearing yeses and yeses, you don't got a deal. He's like, until you get to the friction, yeah, that's when you got the deal. And like, for example, he's like, if you're hearing yes, 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 be like, man, sounds like y'all are on board. Like, what if I just send over the contract like today and let's get this thing going? You know, say something like that. And they're like, well, you know, I mean, hang on a second. It's like, boom, friction. What do we need to talk about then? <laughs> you know? Yeah. And I think that's the same thing with the rep. It's like, I have top reps on my team, all my reps. And like, I want, like, personally, from my leadership, from my mentors, from my coaches, I want them to call me out. Yeah. Right. I want them to say, hey, you need to improve upon this. Like, there's this is an area of growth for you. You have a blind spot here. Like, I'm seeing you show up this way. It's, it's like, you're better than that. Like, call me forward because that's, that's who I want to be working for and being led by. Not the people who are like, ah, oh, like, you're doing such a great job, Alex. Like, keep on doing you and smiling. It's like, yeah. no, like, fuck me up a little bit. And so yeah. it's like, if, if I do that to a sales rep, usually it, it's, it's hard initially, but you see it's like, all right, now we're working. You know, it's like, yeah. now we're really going on this. Yeah. Love that, man. Let's, for this last part, talk about team meetings. So you got a little kind of system that you typically work through with different types of team meetings. But before we get into the types of meetings, can can we just talk general best practices of how to run a good team meeting? Because you, you've shared a bunch so far. I mean, uh, framing the meeting and having an interesting, engaging question or thought or anecdote or quote or something, bringing something to the table to like really make a point. This is what I do in every call that I do with teams. It's you always have a question that leads into the topic and gets people talking. You also mentioned breakout rooms. 
which I'm a huge fan of, where it's not just going to be me talking at you the entire time, because in a Zoom call, once there's three people in there, someone, someone is putting themselves on mute when the other two are talking. And it doesn't feel like three people in person sitting at a bar. It feels like three people on a Zoom call where we can't all talk at the same time is what it feels like, right? Um, so the breakout rooms and putting people in the smaller groups, like, do you have some just general best practices? How do we run meetings that are not boring? Because <laughs> most of the meetings that reps go through, they hate. They're atrocious, whether it's internal staff or with their manager or whoever. So I'm a pretty weird guy. I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm into, you know, a lot of personal development. I'm into the meditation, breath work, cold plunges, all that sort of stuff. And I believe team meetings are sacred. Right. We get together, you know, to talk about our business for one hour a week for, for that specific type of team meeting. And it's our time to be together as a team and like being present for that. You know, it's 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 honoring and having reverence for your teammates and for yourself. And so it's just like one of the things I always like to do, especially team meetings, it's like at the beginning, let's have some sort of practice that puts behind all the meetings we've been on and like for just give ourselves a gift of just like having spaciousness and we can think about our future calls later. And for me back in 2020, I actually started doing breath work with my team at the BNT meetings. So I did Wim Hof. Mm -hmm. um, and initially when I brought it up, people were like, Whoa, this is weird. I'm not so sure. Yeah. But it was like, you know, I, I had to enroll them into it. And it was, I remember it was like a month in of doing it. And I got into a team meeting. I was like, Hey guys, we have a lot to like go over today. Like let's skip Wim Hof. They're like, no, we should do the Wim Hof. <laughs> like actually we like it we we decided and and you don't need to do wim hof right sometimes i do box simple breathings. box breath yeah exactly box breathing sometimes i do is like hey guys like you know put a word in 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 zoom channel it's like hi what's your one word of how you're feeling right now and just like they may want to expand on what it is so it's just like give a place that's like yo check in real quick stop what you're doing be here and you know, from, from there, I've always determined the health of a team meeting is directly correlated to the number of other people besides myself that are speaking. Yeah. <laughs> because we've all been on a team meeting where the leader just talks about things that they're talking about. And you're like, holy cow, when is this going to stop? And I'll admit, I'm, I've, I've been there. I'm still there at various times. Like sometimes that's just like what, what's required of the job. Um, but, you know, what I always like to do, there's like kind of two things I always like to do is how do we bring in shout outs at the very beginning? So I just want to call people out. Maybe they close a deal. Maybe they booked a certain number of meetings. Maybe they just tried a new talk track and work. And if I don't have any shout outs, cause I've been so busy, I'll just have a slide that says team shout outs. Who you want to call out? Who's helped you out? Yeah. And that's the best when you see people calling each other out. There's a lot yeah. of love that, that flows around. I love around. that. Um, you know, I always, I, I, I often like to, try to bring some sort of skill up level into it as well. So, you know, I always, one of the, the, the things we have, the themes is like sales professional over sales rep. Like how are you showing up as a sales professional today? Right. Honing your craft. And, you know, hopefully I'll have an AE and SC and SDR, whoever it might be like, give like, Hey, here's what I'm doing. And I want to like give the talk track. And so it's like getting other people involved. They're teaching. Um, and then I'll go over our revenue. I'll go over our pipeline goals, any specific initiatives that that we're doing. Um, and at the end, I'll always have the, you know, how do you crush your week? Here's our three main priorities right there. But I think the main thing is like, 
be make your meetings different, unique, you, whatever is you like the more that a leader owns their authentic weirdness, uniqueness, the better off it's going to be. People are going to say like, this is so silly. You're such a weird person. It's like, hell yeah, I'm weird. Like, let's get in this. Be like, damn, like I want to be more weird. Like I want to own my weirdness. Like it's, it's contagious when you do that. Yeah. I love that. Just your style and doing things that you care about and have passion around is, you know, just being you. I mean, it's good sales advice too, you know, for a rep. So check in with the team, like make sure everyone's present, uh, engage them in some sort of way at the very beginning, uh, have some sort of way that you up-level skill. So have something that you're teaching, sharing, et cetera, and then your company updates, and then you leave with three main priorities. The three main priorities, that's you saying, here's our priorities, or do you have the reps share their priorities? What's that part, that last part? It's sort of like, uh, well, it could be both, but uh, it's sort of like when you give a demo. Uh, we do this. It's called the tell, show, tell technique. I'm going to tell you what I'm going to show you in the demo. I'm going to demo those things that I tell, told you about, and I'm going to tell you what I just showed you. It's like you're, you're, yeah. you're really nailing it down. To like uh, You're going to walk away knowing what you saw here because I, I repeated myself. And it's the same thing in a team meeting. It's like, hey, we just reviewed all these different things, yeah. the sales skill, this prospecting campaign we're doing, you know, this new talk track here. Here's the final slide. Remember the three things. And it just gives yeah. people a way to sum it up. So it's your recap. Gotcha. Yeah. Um, how do you think about this kind of a small question starting on time? So does the meeting start on time? If people are showing up late, what's... Meeting what starts on time. Yeah. Meeting yeah. starts on time. Meeting starts at 5.02. We get into it. Um, yeah. If I'm really feeling good, I'll play a little bit of music as people yeah. hop on just to like let people know like, hey, we're going to have a fun meeting. You know? Yeah. Just let them... Let show, you know, I have two other meetings though with my team throughout the week. One is a film review and then one is also a skill up level. So, so team meetings on Tuesday, skill up uh, film review on... Thursday and then skill up level on Friday. Um, and the film review is optional. It's required for new people. Uh, the skill up level uh, is, is you're, you're asked to be there. It's usually, we can do enablement there. We can talk about different ways to improve a talk track, you know, wh whatever we could do a big deal, deep dive right there. But, you know, you don't want to have two meetings on your calendar, but you definitely want to create a space where people feel connected. Yeah. How do you run? How do you run the film reviews? My film reviews. So we'll just we'll rotate, um, and we'll ask a person to bring a call, and before they show the call, like give us some context, like what's been going on up to this point. What do you want us to specifically look for here? Um, uh, and and any coaching you specifically want to be receiving on this, and you know we'll go through it, and I'll be the one who's kind of proctoring it. Um, and so I'll, I'll pause every, every once in a while and be like, you know, Hey, so I'm curious up to this point, like, what do you think you've done well? And where do you think there's the biggest opportunity for growth? Like I'll always ask that person first, what their thoughts were. Um, yeah. because if, if we need, like, what's really important is the ability to self assess. Like yeah. if you're just like, like if you, if you can show me like, Hey, I, I should have done a better tonality there. It's like, boom, great work. Yes. They're going to know that lesson far more than if I told them you need better tonality right here. Yeah. Um, and I always say opportunity for growth, not what do you do bad here? <laughs> yeah. Where'd you fuck up? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. What did you suck at in this last call? 
Sometimes it is that bad. Like, man, you yeah. really should the bed here. <laughs> so you'll take one rep. We'll bring their call in. It'll be like a thirty to forty-five minute call. Could be an intro call, demo call, negotiation, something like that. Yep. And the goal is that the team is there. Any preparation besides the rep? Is there any asynchronous type of stuff that people look at beforehand, or do you try to capture most of it in the meeting? You know, I would love to say yes, that would feel really prepared and organized, but just sometimes we're running around with our heads cut off and it's like, show yeah. up to the film review. But, you know, one of the things I, I love film review is, again, it goes back to when you teach it, you become a master at it. Yeah. And so when the other reps can also, you know, teach the other reps, it's like they're starting to become much better at it and understanding the psychology behind it so much more themselves. Yeah. Lastly, the skill up level. How do yeah. you structure those sessions? The skill up level is is probably my favorite meeting because it's on Friday. And so, yeah. you know, usually it's like we'll have specific skills, you know, to talk about maybe like, hey, the initiative this this past uh, month, the initiative for Catalyst was customer led growth. It's our positioning. It's how we're selling a lot to account managers and driving revenue. So it's just a new new way. And so like that was our monthly mission initiative. So each Friday, we'd be talking about different things, a new talk track, a new deck, uh, a new thing to demo, whatever it might be. And sometimes we'd even be talking about like sales tactics, like command of the message, right? Yeah. Talking about the before situation, the negative, the required capabilities after positive, like, like teaching, like sometimes like the tactics is good. But here, here's why I love these meetings. As the leader, I need to be able to feel the pulse of the team. Are we going super hard and people are burnt out are people in it like are people where are people and if i don't have the pulse of the team sometimes those friday meetings it's like yo guys we're gonna just do like a quick you know box breath here and then i want everybody to give their rosebud thorn what's going well where's opportunity for growth talk about what you're struggling with and those are the times where it's just like oh yeah we're humans let's talk about this yeah. need it so needed yeah. Well, especially in a virtual environment, you know, cause it's, it's really hard to get a read on how people are doing when you don't get to see them throughout the day. Um, dude, love this. One last question before we take off is just cause I'm always curious. And again, every org is kind of different, but this is three internal meetings. Like how, how many hours of internal stuff, including these would a typical rep experience on a weekly basis at Catalyst, let's say, for example, Ooh, that's a good question right there. Um, you would have your one-hour team meeting. You would have your alignment one-on-one, -on -one, which is 30 minutes. You'd have your pipeline one-on-one, -on -one, which is 45 minutes. And then a skill-up level on Friday. So that's four four meetings. Um, and, and sometimes we do like uh, what's called fall league, where... Yeah you'll go through all your deals. We'll have all executives on the call and you'll be making asks to executives on who to engage with there. Mm. So that, that's usually on a Monday. So what, three and a half, four yeah, hours? Three and a half, three and a half like, to four hours, yeah. Is there any other internal stuff besides that? Like all hands or yeah, there's all stuff or whatever? Yeah, there, there's all hands. The enabled stuff, yes. Uh, like the product roadmap sort of stuff. But those are not every single week. You know? Yeah. So... Those are once a month or whatever it might be. Yeah. Those are the core meetings yeah. that we have though. Got it. So it's on average, let's call less than an hour a day on average yeah. of internal meetings. That's clutch because it's, uh, dude, some of the 
some of the companies I work with, I mean, reps sometimes are on internal meetings for like two hours a day. It's like a quarter of their week is on all of this other different stuff. And, and like that gets in the way of selling time. Plus it's like these, all of these meetings are to help them. You know what I mean? Like your meetings that you just outlined, this stuff actually levels them up and helps them do their job better. So you get an ROI from that meeting versus an update or a boring all hands or something where people have their cameras off the entire time. And it's just, you know, here's the thing though. I need to constantly be spicing it up because if I find myself in the monotony of just doing these four meetings and the skill level, like sometimes it's like, yo, let's cancel film reviews for the next month because people just need some space or like, Hey, you know, like it's totally, I'm willing to adjust it. You know, it's, yeah. Sometimes we have cold call blocks, you know, because yeah. that's the initiative we're running right then. Um, so it's yeah. just different ways, different ways to lead. Love to it. Me. Love it, man. We got to take off. I got, I had so many good takeaways here. I, I love digging into your background and how do we get someone to feel, how do we get the team to feel like they're a part of something bigger? I thought was a really good takeaway. Um, how to create buy-in around that, how to run really good team calls and get your team engaged and all that kind of stuff. Um, before you take off, where, where can people go to connect with you? Where do you want to send people? Yeah. Uh, check me out on LinkedIn post once a day there. And, uh, so, uh, you know, follow Alluvians. You can follow Alluvians on LinkedIn, definitely on Instagram. Uh, we're throwing retreats for sales professionals who really want to work on the inner game. So all the stuff that I just talked about here on this pod, uh, yeah, check me out there and connect. Let's talk. Yeah. (laughs) That's Alex Kramer with an E. And then Alluvians is A-L-L-U-V-I-A-N-C-E, right? Alluvians.com. So yeah, definitely go check it out. You want to know what the definition of Alluvians is? Yeah, hit me. It's a word that I came up with first off, but it means to be in the state. Oh, yeah? (laughs) It means to be in the state of flow as you are learning and growing and developing. So you're like, you're feeling Uh, it. You're like, I'm starting to get it a little bit. Love that, dude. Okay, you guys definitely got to go check it out now. (laughs) Oh, 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 oh,